0: I'm Jeff Gibson.
1: And I'm Shanna Paxton.
0: And we are the The Movie movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome to the official podcast of the Gibson Review. In our celebration and love of film, we typically have our episodes start off with the Weekend Review, what movies and TV shows we've been watching since the last episode, and move on to the main event, which is our review of a main movie or a main topic in general now as mentioned at the end of the and announced in the last episode we are making some changes to the podcast Uh, for a while what we're going to do is we're going to have one episode that is the weekend review and the main event. And now, typically, our episodes also have a third segment, which is Film Faves, our respective lists of our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic. But what we're going to do that's different is parse out the Film Faves segment as its own episode. Because after five years of doing this show, we've gotten to a point where it's a little difficult to always have a subject that blends well or marries well with our main event review. So rather than creating that discord between uh, segments in the show, we're parsing out the film phase as its own episode. So uh, we will talk more about that uh, for the next episode. At the end of this one, what you can expect. But so what we are doing is every other episode is main event and then film phase as the next episode okay right? uh, so that's that's just kind of some housekeeping keeping clear what what you can expect for a while from us for and as far as we're making changes for the for the show so hopefully that makes sense hopefully that's clear so for this episode we got the main event and before that a short week in review The main event in this episode is a review of Jordan Peele's Nope, a movie that we've been both looking forward to. I think it was one of Shanna's most highly anticipated movies, if not of the year, then definitely of the summer season. Not that there was a lot to draw from for the summer season. But we'll get into that in a little bit here. First, let's get into the week in review. Shanna, you had an update you wanted to talk about about one of the shows you've been watching.
1: Yeah, so a couple weeks ago I spoke about watching Euphoria Season 1, and this week I finished Euphoria Season 2, a show on HBO about... A group of teenagers well, high schoolers navigating all sorts of things from sex to violence to drugs uh, we follow Zendaya's perspective of things most of the time and she is a recovering drug addict and in season two we see what it's like when she is on drugs and it's very interesting to compare season one and two in season one We're building trust with her. We want to hear what she has to say. And I believe everything she tells us, she's narrating about different characters. And in season two, when she gets back on the drugs, I start to realize it's very subtle. It's very small things that she's getting wrong about certain characters. And I thought that that was very interesting because not only is it this lovely comparison between the two seasons, it's it's not a huge obvious thing but I thought it was interesting that okay when she's not on the drugs our narrator is very reliable and when she's on the drugs our narrator is a little a little off and we kind of... Shocking. Well I thought it was pretty cool and what's really special about this season is the last two episodes one of the characters decides to make a play about her perspective of what's been going on a little bit from before season one, season one, and and more currently season two, the little events that have happened between their group of friends. And I thought that that was very interesting and lovely theater work and I so badly want to show our son but I also don't want to sit through season one with him and I I don't I kind of don't want him to watch season one I just want him to see the theater production of it all and I just really enjoyed how this character translated what had happened into a high school play which obviously has a huge budget uh, because it's an HBO show and I, I just I thought that was very appealing and I I liked season one, and I, I think I love season two, especially those two episodes. And mm. I think that the this didn't this season get a lot of recognition from, is it the Globes, the I, Golden Globes? Uh, oh, oh, you mean you're
0: talking about the Emmys recently? The Emmys, yes. I, uh, very possibly, but I don't know off the top of my head how much. I think maybe oh, what's her name, the blonde actress,
1: mm-hmm. Sydney Sweeney.
0: Sydney Sweeney. I think she got nominated, but I don't know much beyond that.
1: It, her character was very interesting going through some relationship stuff uh, this season. Just the desperation of wanting to be loved, which can sometimes happen uh, in your high school experience, was so, in a, in a way, relatable. And I really, I feel for all these characters. So that is what I have to say about season two of Euphoria on HBO.
0: So I just looked it up and apparently season two just dropped like in January and February. And like season three, it's, 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 you know, it's likely coming like in a few months or, or whatever, right? Do you think like things got even better with season two or do you think it's been consistent so far with the show? Or do you think like, you know, some shows like the second season isn't as good as the first season. What do you think? It's a little bit of a bump. What do you think?
1: Well, I think it's consistent. And I think what they do with season two is a little more interesting. Season one is a lot to take in. It's a unique show in that regard. And so while season one is good, I don't find it as enjoyable. I don't think I will go back to season one, Hmm. but I wouldn't mind watching season two again.
0: Okay. So it's like more fun or more enjoyable than season one was.
1: I think it's more interesting. And the last two episodes, as I said earlier, are very enjoyable. It's rewarding. It's like, Mm. okay, you guys got through season one, which involved a lot. And here's your little reward because the, the theater production doesn't make sense unless you've seen season one.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so that's Euphoria season two. And that's available on HBO Max. Yeah. Okay, so I don't really have anything that I've had the time to watch on my own. What, with my work schedule and and all and so but but there is a couple things for us to talk about that we've watched together to kind of update on. First of all, we finally finished our journey of showing our son Friday Night Lights, the TV series. We apparently started this in September of 2020. And we had a bit of a year delay, a year off from it. And then we came back to it and finally finished two, three weeks ago maybe at the most. So first of all, I realized we never talked about this show before. This show, of course, is a TV adaptation of the movie by Peter Berg that itself was an adaptation of a novel And it just kind of flushes out the interpersonal lives of coach Eric Taylor and his wife, Tammy Taylor, coach of a small football, uh, sorry, a small Texas town that centers around high school football. They love their high school football. And, And coach Taylor coaches this high school team. And it's about the players. It's about the people. Very much human drama and like football itself is like second, secondary to the show. Lasted for five seasons, I think from 06 to 2011, if I remember correctly. And we're big fans of it. I showed it to you, Shanna. I don't know what, almost 10 years ago, uh, probably like five or so years ago. Mm-hmm. And you became a huge fan of it yourself. And now we showed him. So, Shanna, why don't, because we've never talked about the show on the podcast, why don't you share your thoughts on Friday Night Lights and uh, what it was like for you sharing this with our son?
1: Watching it a second time was really great, and our son is 15, and this is a great show to watch with your teenager because... They tackle so much, whether it's just a one episode issue or a whole season issue, and you get to talk to your teenager about it and hear their, you know, ask them questions about the situation. And I think one of my favorite things about watching this with our son was seeing how he reacted about certain characters Mm. and watched, you know, in the first season, there's characters you hate, and his mm. characters you love instantly. Mm. And as the characters, you know, go through their arc, if you hated them, if you hated anyone in the beginning, you end up actually loving them because it shows a real human experience, uh, an ideal human experience of the character starting off shitty and then ending in a really good way. Mm. So I love that about the show and I loved watching his responses to that. Mm. And I, I think it's lovely. I'd love to hear his opinions when he's older. And if he watches it again, I think that that would be very interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's... The the characters are so well written that they're flawed. They They have flaws. Like, characters you love don't always make the best decisions. You don't always like... The choices they make you know sometimes they make bad decisions or behave in ways that can be hurtful and vice versa like people like you said that at first you don't like you realize like their humanity eventually develops throughout the show and you actually learn to love them and maybe they actually grow and become less despicable or what have you throughout uh, the the whole tenure mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I I really love about the series and, and also how relatable it is, how grounded the series is in reality. There's really only one subplot in the entire series that kind of goes a little off the rails, a little melodramatic a little tonally different from the rest of the series. And I bet you know what I'm referring to. Yeah,
1: it took me a second to remember. And I, it was a big topic. You know, there's a lot of realism that didn't happen there, I, I think. Or maybe that is how it goes. Well,
0: it was, it was something that didn't get fully developed because of the writer's strike. And so they mm. had to abbreviate it. And also the fans... Reacted strongly to it. This is a a subplot that happens in season two. And so, like, they dropped that like a hot potato, and it's something that you can even see uh, videos of them and cast members talking about, uh, reflecting back on years later. Mm. You know, but generally, you have people who have crushes. You have people who make mistakes. You have people who are very sexually active as teenagers. You have people who have egos. You have uh, political <laughs> machinations of like the football. Uh, what do you call it? Not the league, but the I don't know the the people who have interest in I, I, what are they called? The uh, the the um.
1: Not the sponsors, right? Not not the partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, I can't remember the name right now. But yes, we're on the same page. Yes, yes. The 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 political nature of those kind of uh, people, and it's just it's so interesting and fascinating. It's
1: not the backers.
0: No, no. yeah, we're 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 like right next to that word. And anyway, so yeah, big fan of the show. Shanna what who are your 3 favorite characters of the entire cast of characters well, of which there are at least a dozen That's such
1: a difficult question. I don't like that you asked that question. <laughs>
0: we as a as a family activity, I don't think you and I followed through very well, but as a family activity, you know, I put forth the challenge of what's your 10 favorite characters or whatever, and our son rattled them off pretty quickly what what his picks are, for sure. And so,
1: well something that you haven't mentioned mm. is people that were in this show are somewhere now they oh, doing yes. stuff
0: thank you for reminding me and i was going to touch on that that yeah. kind
1: of influences my decision making process as well someone like jesse Plemons. ah uh, yes i mean look at how successful he's been he's, he's
0: actually probably one of the biggest successes From the show, and the one I'm probably most proud of because he's not someone that, like, when you met him on Friday Night Lights, he's not someone that, like, has traditional uh, movie star looks or what have you. He has a very character actor type face, and yet he's been probably the most successful creatively, at the very least, out of all the people.
1: Michael B. Jordan, as well. Oh, yeah,
0: God, yeah, of course. Um. He came along in season four. It's amazing to see him and Journey Smollett. In, in the show, too. Well,
1: and the thing is, I'm looking at this cast list, and there's, like, characters that were just in a few episodes. And I'm like, oh, but I like that person. It's such a quality show. Mm-hmm. So back to answering the question you had, I I love Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton. The, I, they are a couple goals. So do they count as one?
0: No. Okay. Eric and Tammy <laughs> Taylor, yeah, yeah. Who have their I, own... They have their own things as independent people too, while being in this marriage, mm-hmm. uh, which is great to watch.
1: I think I would have to say Jesse Plemons' character Landry, mm-hmm. just because it, it, his he's so relatable from an outsider's perspective. He's so awkward, but then you you know you see him and he's like he's he's actually got so much confidence, mm. and it's people around him that don't know how to handle that. And I just I really love that, but I also like. Uh, uh, Tim Riggins yeah so it's difficult I, I love a lot of them
0: yeah so Landry and Tim are yeah. two of your three
1: well Kyle Chandler and Connie Burton <laughs> I cheated a little bit I threw so fourth.
0: so here's the thing I love most of the characters mm-hmm. on the show I by picking my three favorites I am in no way trying to suggest I like most of the characters less in any way. I mean, even as much as like, I love Mindy, what she becomes and, and even smash Williams. He, he, he becomes someone that I, I love by the, by his departure. Um, and that's the other thing is characters do come and go as it's mm-hmm. true to life of these characters graduating high school and moving on in with life, which is great to see. Uh, but yes, Eric Taylor, Tammy Taylor, Tim Riggins, probably my top three, in the entire series, uh, but you know, it's it's really tough. Uh, to limit it because, yes, I adore Landry. I adore Tyra Collette, played by Adrian Pilecki. I, I end up loving Mindy, who for the first two or three seasons is a very tertiary character, In season four and five becomes way, oh, way much more important.
1: So cool. I
0: love Jason Street, especially for the first two seasons. Okay, I you're giving me
1: more than, like, three characters. No, no,
0: I, I made clear who my top three are. I'm just making sure, it's very clear, there's other Billy also becomes a great character. Anyway, love the show. Mm-hmm. Matt Saracen. Come on, Matt Saracen, Zach Guilford. Um, love the show so much. He Huge looks fan. amazing
1: right now. <laughs> a lot of these people. And we see them as like sort of high schooler age characters. Yeah. And I'm like, I look at their pictures now and I'm like, you guys are looking good. Good for you. Uh, taking care of yourselves.
0: These these actors, like there are several That have not gone on to be as prominent as I feel like they should be. Like these, these are very talented people. And I really wish these people got better, Mm -hmm. better roles, better opportunities. But you know, once you've watched
1: the show, it's really cool. Like someone like Brad Leland, who plays Uh Buddy. Yeah. uh, We saw him in that that movie lost was it last year
0: oh yeah land
1: yeah right. and you it had a was bit part in so that. exciting to see him and then mm-hmm. you know beyond that we saw a game night where there's carl chandler yes. and jesse Flemings. right and yes. it was so funny how they interacted around each other yes. <laughs> and our son responding to that in such an excited way just really shows how wonderful and special this this show is
0: Absolutely. So that's Friday night lights I believe. Is it on Netflix or Hulu? We I think We it's own... on
1: Netflix right now.
0: Okay. Yeah, we own the DVD box set, but you can stream it on Netflix right now. So next, we want to update you. We finished Ms. Marvel, the latest MCU offering on Disney Plus. If you're not familiar, Ms. Marvel brings to the screen Fan favorite, Kamala Khan, who is this basically a Pakistani teenager who gets superpowers and, and eventually becomes a prominent part of the Marvel Universe. So this show was created for TV by K Ali, who I'm not familiar with, and it features a lot of people that I am not familiar with. Chiefly, Amon Villani, who plays Kamala Khan. Matt Linz, uh, Z- Zenobia Shroff, Yasmin Fletcher, and more. Shanna, were you a fan of Ms. Marvel? Were you a fan of the character beforehand? Uh, what kind of familiarity did you have? And uh, you know that aside, did you were you satisfied with this series?
1: I was satisfied with this series. I think it's great. I, I You know what? I want more of this. Uh, I could understand why you're like, I want to be done with Loki. No more Loki. But I want more Miss Marvel for sure. Um, well, that's
0: because like this is all we've gotten of her as opposed to Loki we've had for 10 years. Okay,
1: sure. I'm, right, whatever. So <laughs> moving on, I really enjoyed this show. Uh, the, the family dynamics were so relatable and it was so beautiful done it our friend of ours said this show isn't for you and me it's and he spoke about his niece fondly it's for her and i'm like yeah sure it's for me too though the little girl in me is very (laughs) happy uh seeing representation here and i i thought it was great i want more of it i knew nothing about her prior to this so it was very it citing that this was my first exposure to her and i'm really glad that they did it and bring on more
0: so first of all i will say that they did change the character's powers a little bit she has more stretchy abilities and here they kind of tied it to something a little more like it has to do with a particular artifact that she wears that gives her the power and or maybe not there's some uh, you know goes back and forth on that and it becomes a little more energy based her powers and as such she's able to create like all kinds of things from steps to be able to to walk up on air to force fields and all, all many many different things so they changed her powers a little bit as i understand it but this show first of all it's like it's in the spirit of like hawkeye and if you liked Hawkeye, you're going to like Ms. Marvel because it, it's fun. It's a fun show. Uh, you immediately are like, "Wow, I'm enjoying myself." In the first episode, they also do some visual flourishes in the first two episodes. That's very unique. Not something that is consistent, but and I, I am saying I am seeing some criticism for that, but I'm okay with it because I think the first two episodes are establishing a establishing the character establishing a certain whimsy and then things start like the plot starts really kicking into gear what the overall story is and you know the powers the conflict all that sort of stuff so the focus kind of moves away from that whimsy and i think that makes sense and is fine Do I think the villains in this show are among the best villains in the MCU? No, but they're serviceable.
1: I think this is a good startup villain.
0: Do they did this? Someone actually brought up to me the show may not have even needed the villains, Hmm. and maybe would have worked without the villains. However, the only thing about that that I would say as a counterpoint is, and maybe you know, they're just serviceable because. Ms. Marvel, Kamala needed something to give her some sort of threat of danger uh, to push her and her abilities to make her essentially battle ready in the future to be able to prove that, you know, to, to stretch her to make her grow in these ways with her superpowers so that she's able to hold her own in the future against other conflicts that may come along. And I, I think that in that sense that having these villains as minor as they might be or as unforgettable as forgettable as they might be serve that purpose because the rest of the series if i remember correctly the last two episodes isn't about the villains right
1: it's all about family it comes down to family Mm -hmm. and connection with family and communication with one another about Mm -hmm. the past and honoring the past and acknowledging that without those experiences you would not be here uh, is is what I took from it. Mm. I found it very healing and beautiful.
0: Yeah, and also if I understand correctly, it brings to light historical events that most people don't really know about, I think. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's I think there's value in that. I think there's a lot of value in what this show Brings to the table.
1: Well, I like that there were rea- there was realism to it, as you said, pop historic events that occurred, as well as current prejudice mm. that.
0: Right, with law enforcement and and the Middle Eastern community.
1: Yeah, their mosque constantly being mm-hmm. searched, and uh, it, as far as I understood, and maybe I'm just really super naive, and I'll admit that. I, I thought you know any holy place is is sort of not off limit you know off limits, but I guess sacred is the word I'm looking right, for. Right, right. Um, so, One would think, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I like what they're dealing with within that.
0: Yeah. Regardless, I think that Amon Vellani is fantastic here. I'm not familiar with her from before. I don't even know if she's done much work before, but she definitely has what it takes to lead this show and to take on this character i look forward to seeing her in the future which we will in a couple years in the marvels which is the sequel to captain marvel as she gets to meet her hero as i understand it uh, uh, carol danvers so i look forward to that and I, I, i eagerly anticipate that and seeing more of her in general
1: I also have to say I really loved seeing the parents. Mm. Uh, Not only the parent dynamics and, like, what do you do when your child's going through not only, you know, teenagehood and trying to be independent and battling with letting go, but also, like, what happens if your child's a superhero? And how are you going to deal with that? And Mm. I thought that the parents were just really wonderfully played and cast.
0: Yes, I think if I understand correctly, that is Mohan Kapoor and Samina Ahmed.
1: I adore Samina Ahmed. I just, I want to see, I want her to be in everything all the time Mm -hmm. because she just has the most wonderful presence. And she was in Big Sick, right?
0: I believe so. That is what
1: we have been exposed to with her. And I just, I feel like I know her. (laughs) it's just one movie and a show that we've seen yeah if she could be in more stuff i would love that
0: so that's ms marvel we were fans of it it worked for us um and that is on disney plus you can check it out yourself and that ends the weekend review our weekend review and moves us on to the main event which is our review of jordan peele's nope
1: Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say, since the moment pictures could move, yeah, skin in the game. Na no, na no, nah no.
0: that's from the trailer to jordan peele's nope i chose the more vague one which i don't know if it'll be radio friendly but uh you know do do what i can here so nope not much to know about ahead of time we just know that there's something going on in a california valley and somewhere near hollywood we have two characters, uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer, who own some sort of a, a horse training thing. A horse for, ranch. Yeah, for for movie sets, whatever Hollywood needs for horses.
1: And it sounds like it's a inherited generation
0: right. business. I think yep.
1: third, fourth generation I'm inherited a, something I'm, like that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And then there's. Stephen Young, who plays someone who is involved with some sort of a country-type amusement show sort of thing. So we're going to be very vague. Your as you sort can tell. ofs
1: and kind ofs are very amusing.
0: Yeah, we're going to be very vague before we get to the spoiler discussion here. Just. Speak to our general thoughts. What we typically do when we review a movie is talk about the good, what worked for us about a film, what were its strengths before talking about the bad, what were its flaws, issues we had with the film, what didn't work for us, and then move into spoilers and final thoughts. We will speak broadly on both of those points and then weigh whether or not the good outweighs the bad in this film.
1: I feel like you're like... Targeting me, even though it's just you and no, me. No, 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 no. <laughs> I feel no. like yeah, you're I, like Shut up. I totally get broadly. Right. I totally get <laughs> right? why you
0: would think that because there has been times yeah. where I have been more pointed about that, but no, not this time. I. <laughs> that's funny. We will weigh whether or not the good outweighs the bad and give our score, and then speak in more detail about this film. I'm expecting the first bit to be a little brief. So, Shanna. Nope. We were looking forward to this movie. You're a fan of Get Out and Us, Jordan Peele's previous movies. Why don't you share your thoughts on Jordan Peele's previous work and your anticipation leading up to Nope as a result. And then what worked for you about the film?
1: I think the best way I can talk about this film in such a broad non-spoiler way is get out is very stressful and amazing to watch at the same time Mm. us for me is terrifying and intriguing to watch. This is much more relaxed there's definitely mm. scary moments and moments of what the fuck but this is a very enjoyable experience mm. if you were stressed out during the previous two films, I don't think you're gonna be that stressed out in this one I found this one mm. to be more comedic mm. kind of poking fun a little bit it's not a full-on scary movie mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm kind of situation but there's definitely there are a lot of moments of humor Mm -hmm. and then wow that's a cool idea Mm -hmm. wow that's interesting i'm so glad that this has been portrayed or represented because it's different to what we've seen before Mm -hmm. through the trailer we know something's in the sky and we don't know what Mm -hmm. and the way that they cut that trailer together it's very what is going on here and that's kind of what's happening in this film but it's a very enjoyable ride hmm. so if you're a jordan peele fan but you don't want to be stressed out i don't think you have anything to worry about with regards to this film this is very enjoyable hmm. and i love the cost mm-hmm. i love the characters someone from euphoria is in here
0: hmm. who, who which one's from euphoria
1: the character playing Nessie is Barbie Ferreira
0: you mean the actress uh, playing Nessie is uh, Barbie? yeah Yeah. Uh, and yeah she's... so
1: she's in Euphoria and okay. then she's here yeah. it was so fun to see Keith David and everyone else that you've mentioned already I, I thought the Michael Wincott uh, character was very funny
0: mm, um, Yes. So
1: there's lots of I just want to say fun all the time <laughs> it's a really fun mm. it's a fun like thriller horror movie Mm. and i think it did live up to expectations i'm sure there's more to like unpack but i let's see what happens in spoilers
0: yeah 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 so uh, you're very positive on the film as you have been with peel's previous works you know i we recently did a rewatch of get out still holds up as a, a nearly perfect film uh, and I think that is still Peel's best film, and certainly his most significant film in terms of what it's wrestling with. You know, Us is a terrifying film, but I think that movie holds up less for me as well as Get Out. I know you're, you're, you're a big fan of Us, and I think you're a bigger fan than me now of Us. I think there's some great stuff in Us, And I just don't think it holds together as well as Get Out does. And I don't think it holds together as well as Nope does. I was very much looking forward to this. I was mildly disappointed that I saw the second trailer to this because I didn't want to know.
1: Yeah. I don't think (laughs) that that was necessary.
0: What's fascinating is actually, I don't know that the trailer gives that much away. more away in hindsight. It does give a little more away, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, I mean there's like only a couple things that like I realized two thirds of the way through the film I'm like, Oh, that character hasn't shown up yet You know? Oh, okay. And that's about that's you know, that scene in the trailer, that's about it. Like there's even a there's even like a... uh I don't know what the correct term would be. Where, but there's like a shot in the trailer that makes you think one thing is happening. And you see it in context. And it's not that at all. Yeah. We, we could talk a little bit about that specifically in that. In, in, um, in spoilers. But I think overall, while I don't necessarily think this is like top shelf, important, big, big. Uh, one of the greatest movies of all time or, or what have you I think this is definitely one of the best movies of the year I agree with you it isn't as tense or horrifying as his previous films and I don't think that's a bad thing it is fun it is more humorous and you know, mostly because of the performances by the likes of Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. I think, you know, Daniel Kaluuya, he's just got no time for any shit. You know, he's just like very straightforward. He doesn't like really interacting with people. He's not a very social guy. And whereas Kiki is, plays the more like outgoing character of the two. Right. Mm-hmm. He's the mo- She's the more uh, extroverted mm-hmm. character of the two and there's a lot of just a lot of interesting stuff i think this is uh playing with some there's you know once or twice it might get a little on the nose about what Beale might be going after here but i think it all works really well and there's plenty of surprises to be had in this film and and i enjoyed it quite a bit is there anything else that occurs to you you want to say that was good about the film before we talk about anything that didn't quite work?
1: All the technical stuff was great. I think there's one shot that I'm not sure if it's going to hold up a couple years from now, but
0: mm.
1: otherwise just stunning.
0: What well, Stunning. That's a really good word. I, I almost forgot. One of the biggest impressions I had on this film, which we saw a week before recording, is this has probably, no, definitely some of the most creative, unique, and beautiful visual effects I have seen definitely all year, of the year for sure, if not in quite some time. I'm not sure if I could think off the top of my head a movie in the past couple years that has had as creative of visuals as you will find in the third act of this film.
1: I think that's what's so great about this film is all the uniqueness that Jordan Peele's bringing to a story like this. Yeah. And the format as well of the film, I rather enjoyed. It wasn't a, what do you call that, like a straight timeline?
0: Oh, yeah. It jumps around a little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: kind of introduces us to different characters,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and I don't think that's necessarily a spoiler because it's a format, right,
0: right, right, uh, right, right, right. Yeah,
1: issue, and I thought that that was an interesting way to tackle the story too. Uh,
0: yes, yes. Now, what sort of flaws or issues did you have with the movie?
1: I just have that. Uh, you know, I just worry about the one shot where I don't think the special effect is going to hold up a couple years from now, or maybe I'll be surprised and it does hold up. Hmm. Uh, He was dealing with something really unique, and sometimes what happens with unique shots, unique story elements, is sometimes it might not hold up a couple years afterwards. Hmm. So that's the only thing... I mean, sure, it's a critique, but I'm also like just genuinely concerned because <laughs> I want his stuff to be perfect, mm. you know? Um, so I say it with love. And that's the only criticism I can think of right now. Mm. I had a lot of fun figuring out the story. And do you have any issues? that you can speak to
0: so this is an example of me being a dope and and intending to take notes once i got home and then not being able to and never getting around to i feel like there are a couple minor things here or there that i thought of as i was talking about the movie and thinking about it after watching it but Really, the only thing that comes to mind is is really freaking minor, and that is something that happens in the beginning of the movie that just really puts it, uh, you know, on the nose of what this movie is about, of what Peel is trying to say. It has to do with someone's death mm. in in the beginning. I can't be too harsh on that because it's not an awful thing it's just a minor thing it's just a minor issue it, you know the degree of its issue is very minor it's not oh, a huge black mark on the movie but I do think that the material isn't isn't necessarily on the level of something like get out now maybe that's because it's not necessarily um, hitting on certain hot topics or anything uh, nope in, in the case of nope And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Not every great movie has to. But I just don't necessarily think that the material in general is, you know, elevated to excellence per se. Okay. If that makes sense.
1: Sure. I get it. I feel like you're comparing always to Get Out. And I feel like Get Out is amazing. And I also feel like it's in its own special category yeah and then us is in a different category and then i feel like this third one of his is Mm. in a category of now i get to have fun and this is what i'm going to do with it
0: well i agree with you each of his films so far and this is this is actually a really great thing each of his films so far are very different from each other and also like some of the most creative films you'll have seen in recent history uh so that is not at all a bad thing and i i'm i think that that's uh something to celebrate so anyway i think first of all let's let's get let's work our way to the spoilers let's have a more productive conversation first i think it's obvious we think the good outweighs the bad in this movie what do you rate nope
1: oh probably a nine.
0: Oh, really wow okay i uh, definitely an eight uh eight mm-hmm. out of ten uh, for me, I definitely highly recommend it. This is the kind of movie I wanna see. You know, it should be a sleeper hit of the summer. I mean, like I think Top Gun Maverick kind of took that spot. I don't I think everybody expected it to be a hit, but I didn't think I don't think they expected it to beat Jurassic World <laughs> kind of hit. You know, oh, that but, happened. But I would like to see Nope get up there, you know? Uh, mm. I, I think people should run to see this film. It's a great experience. It's a great experience with a crowd. There's a lot of fun to be had here, uh, so go definitely go see it. Uh, if you haven't seen the film yet, we're going to get into spoilers. So pause and come back to the rest of this conversation after you've seen the film, because we're going to get into nitty-gritty on Jordan Peele's Nope, starting now.
1: Why don't you tell me everything you had a problem with first so we can end... On a positive note.
0: Well, again, there was only the one thing that I could recall off the top of my head, right? And that was... And it's, again, not a big problem. Just a minor little, ah, you're a little on the nose there, trying to communicate. Hey, if you don't get it, I'm telling you right up front what this movie is, which is... Keith David is Daniel, Amazing. Daniel Kaluuya's father. <laughs> he owns this ranch. They have a possible business opportunity with their horse ranch. And he basically says, if this deal goes through or whatever, if we get this, then we never have to want for anything. Shortly after that, things fall from the sky. And he dies because something fell from the sky into his eye. <laughs> and that was a nickel a nickel lodged itself it must have been fallen at a quick quite speed and lodged itself in through his eye it's kind of gross and you know it's on the nose in on the nose in the sense that this movie is clearly going to be wrestling with this guy like it's money that killed him right it's literally money that killed him um, and so the, the theme, the for here is his greed, maybe a sense of greed, maybe a sense of uh, exploiting things that are natural or what have you, is, is not a good thing. And that's sort of something that we, not sort of, it is something that we see kind of recur as a theme throughout the film, Right. It's dealing with people who are exploiting things that they shouldn't for their own personal gain, and uh, things don't go well for them, right?
1: We're we, specifically speaking about the um, Stephen Yun character. Well, he's
0: one of them. I wasn't okay. yet, but I was getting there. Yeah, uh, you know uh, that. But that was the one. That was the major thing in the very beginning. You asked me what the issue was. It was a little on the nose. David, uh, Keith David's uh, death again not a big deal it's a it's a minor issue if you're going to you know quibble about anything that's the one only thing that I, I could quibble about but it's not like oh my god you know that's terrible sort of thing so there's that that's all that's all i could think of right now mm. i'm sure there's a couple other things that occurred to me before but i can't remember them right now unfortunately um maybe you'll jog my memory as you bring up other things about the film that you want to talk about
1: i am trying really hard to remember if i had other issues i really just didn't i'm also very trusting of jordan peele and <laughs> i'm like i wouldn't say i'm a they call them nolan light nolanites yeah so would you be Is a, a peel S-
0: or a peel stan <laughs>
1: Okay. Else. I don't think I'd go that far, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's earned my trust mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a viewer, and I'm yeah. happy with whatever he does. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get it the first or the fifth time, I'll, I'll get it at some point, you know? And when you mentioned the money thing and how it was a problem, I really didn't see it as a problem and i'm not really sure if there's something wrong with me <laughs>
0: again it's not a problem it's <laughs> okay. just a minor like it's on the a nose okay. it's on the nose that's I, all
1: i didn't have a problem with that
0: <laughs> it's, it's totally fine and um, totally understandable but what what did you want to talk about uh regarding the film and I'm like, i like i'm not even asking about issues i'm talking about okay. in general
1: i'm from south africa and i know that you don't mess with wild animals mm. you have to even be careful with domestic animals at times and have a lot of respect for them and you need to be wary you know if our yorkie has her favorite treat you yeah. we're not gonna get in her way of yeah. it and that's just that's just a dog never mind Oh, we're you know in the story of Nope, they have uh, Steven Yeun being this character, this actor on a is it a sitcom? Yes. So feature uh, that features a chimp.
0: Yeah. So it's set up as a '90s sitcom when when his character Ricky was a kid. He was the star mm-hmm. of this kid alongside. Uh, uh, sorry, of, of this show alongside a chimpanzee. A chimpanzee was part of the family apparently, and it was just like this live studio audience, sitcom live sort of thing. Live
1: studio audience. Right. With a wild animal.
0: Right. And apparently mm. it was a huge hit and it lasted for 15 episodes or something like that before tragedy struck. Mm.
1: Tragedy that could have been avoided. Mm. And I, I just... I enjoyed that they showed that in the film Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, I think that people are stupid that think that they can have a wild animal as a pet that hasn't had generations of training to be domesticated. Mm. And maybe I'm missing something with chimps, but the thing is, the chimp got a fright and completely lashed out.
0: Well, here's the thing. Like, okay, so you're bringing up this one particular example. Mm-hmm. So let's explore that example. Okay, here's let's the do thing it. we know from several documentaries that have come out, like Project Nim and several others, that, you know, a, ch- a chimpanzee can be as mild mannered as fuck, can be really, uh, you know, learn sign language, can be communicative, can be a great companion, all that sort of stuff. And all it takes is like one day for, you know, things to go horribly wrong and for horrible things to happen as a result it doesn't matter it honestly doesn't matter what their history is anything can happen at any moment because they as you say are a wild animal ultimately they have they have instincts they're primitive if they if they it's very easy for them to misconstrue anything and freak out and that's what happened in this situation i would say the way that it's depicted thankfully we don't notice um you don't really show much of the chimp. A lot of it's off camera. Yeah, no, but tra- you
1: can hear what's going on. It's it's right. very bad.
0: I first I I should clarify before shit goes down. It uh, I, the chimp is off camera. When shit goes down, there's a lot of stuff that's on camera. You hear there's something like wrong with the chimp. The chimp is breathing in a very excitable manner. Like there's red flags that are clearly being ignored during the taping of the show, and mm-hmm. something happens. Oh, I don't even have to... Not, I, I don't have to be broad. A, a balloon pops. Yeah. And that's the, 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 the last straw that causes the chimp to just freak out. And I'm guessing, from what I understand, freaked out at the person closest to him. Yeah. <laughs> because things didn't go well for that, that
1: girl. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you can and i love stretching um yes, i wonder do. if you could compare it to safety on sets well it's definitely is there a part safety of it. because how i would have tackled that having no training whatsoever is i would be like hey we need to have tranquilizers in case something goes wrong hey we need to make sure that we're actually using different lighting for starters it shouldn't be live you know, like this should not be a live show. Mm. And the animal needs to have breaks and there needs to be more than one animal taking turns. You yeah, know, yeah. kind of. I. Just intuitively, this is what I'm thinking. And it would appear that there was no safety measures because had there been safety measures, this wouldn't have happened, right? And we wouldn't have the story. But I'm wondering (laughs) if it's got something to do with like, hey, is there actually safety on sets, not only for animals, but is there safety on sets for people Um, with maybe regards to the gun situation that happened a few months ago on that movie,
0: Oh yeah, that happened quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That,
1: and I'm just wondering if there's maybe some commentary coming out over there, like, "Hey, are not only is the animal safe, but are the actors and actresses, are they, and the crew, are they safe?" Because it doesn't appear that it is.
0: Here, using the text of the film, there's a great comparison that helps those questions for you, I think, Uh, as being legitimate questions. You have the situation of something that was that happened like 25 years ago, right? And a lot can change in 25 years, right? Especially in the light of if something like that happened, that would be a huge freaking deal in the industry, right? So you would think there would be some changes. Now, in the, the present day timeline of the story, you do have OJ, Daniel Killua's, uh character, Going on to a set with a horse, and something happens with that horse,
1: and it's not and, even that extreme. And
0: someone gets hurt, and and that is a result of two things: one, people not listening to the trainer, but also second of all, the trainer not really like being assertive, too. Like let's be honest, like OJ was not being assertive and, and being very firm with what he was saying. And he kept trying to call out to his sister who is the more extrovert. It was an issue there. But the point is like that I'm trying to make is I think like the movie does provide two different contexts and two different, huge different periods of time that does kind of depict, yes, you know, sometimes shit can happen as people in these environments just, really fail to take a step back and really think about things outside their own roles Mm. of what they're doing on the set and for the safety of everyone. And as a result, people get hurt, but it also comes down to, I think the overall theme of the movie, which has to do with exploiting things that maybe we shouldn't be in some way. Right. And not really giving it much thought.
1: Our dog is having a really great nap right now. <laughs> yeah, apologize. I, I just heard <laughs> this is
0: <laughs> her her snoring coming through. So there's there is that and I think there's other things like um that character, Ricky, Stephen Young's character, he exploits his
1: own tragedy. Right? Which is Yes, he has born... this secret room with evidence. <laughs> it's really evidence that he took from the set and he has on display. Yeah. And then is kind of it's all
0: born (laughs) from tragedy from tragedy that was a result of exploiting something that shouldn't have been exploited in the first place too so you have this kind of consistent thing happening and it doesn't go well for those who are complicit in that sort of stuff right Uh, chiefly ricky he i guess he owns this and runs this like wild west theme park
1: That's kind of related to a movie he was in when he was younger, I think. Oh,
0: yes. I forgot about that. Or a TV show.
1: It's some sort of media.
0: You're right. I forgot about that. That did come up in a conversation in the movie. And and part of that is also like he has this, I think it's called The Over Yonder. He has this uh, kind of a, um, not an amphitheater, but it's like a a stadium seating Mm -hmm. for a show. Mm -hmm. And he's adapted that to show off mm-hmm. what happens with the aliens quote unquote that he thinks are communing with them and again he's exploiting something yes that it shouldn't be right and well, it doesn't go well
1: and he's also like it comes back to this mistreatment of animals he's giving
0: he's offering this, he's yeah. offering a horse yeah to this and the horse is like uh uh-uh.
1: carnivorous spaceship uh we haven't talked about that i thought that was very creative yeah we
0: haven't gotten to that yet um but first like the horse is like nope um, Yeah. You know?
1: everybody in this film that has a brain is like nope right yeah uh,
0: <laughs> so yes ricky is certain it's aliens in fact he has people dressed up as aliens He's not merchandise yep oh he thinks it's he's very for some reason he's very sure it's a very particular type of alien And he couldn't be more wrong, apparently. And what we learn in the second half of the film or so, this movie wonderfully takes its time.
1: It's so great, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Without being too slow or what have you. Um, and that, that whole sequence with the aliens in the horse barn, by the
1: way. With the kids dressed as aliens. Oh, my God. Like, I was so oh scared. Oh, my
0: God. That was so well Those done. Those
1: children must have very strong quads. That's what I'm going to say. Because well, the yeah. way they were moving yeah. was awesome. Yeah. It if was, it was really them underneath, you know.
0: Yeah, that was a really great sequence. So uh, w- you you kind of referenced... We learn that the ship isn't abducting people. And we know this because once the crowd of the show gets sucked into the ship, there's some funky-ass shit going on inside there that we can't quite fully understand. But we know it's not good. And it turns out what's happening is apparently they are slowly being eaten.
1: Yeah, it's like a digestive system.
0: Yeah, I guess
1: uh, some intestines, basically. Yeah, and your this face is, is so grossed out right now.
0: Yeah, this is where <laughs> the movie kind of like it, to the extent that the movie does get gross. This is kind of where it happens, and <laughs> you know, you don't see what happens to them, but you do see a pouring of blood, well, like a downpour d- of blood, rain from the sky. After this thing's done.
1: I don't know what part it's enjoying of the humans. Like if it's the skin or what. Because like there's a lot of blood. So obviously it's not into the blood or it's working through uh, its system or something. One would think something. it's the meat, love. And,
0: <laughs> I mean, that, I'm just thinking of,
1: um, is it under the skin? What is it? Yeah, with? yeah, yeah. You, That's yeah. what I was thinking of, yeah. you know. And I just wanted to know like, oh, are they related? I mean, <laughs> you,
0: know? you don't see skin you, come from the sky. You don't see bones fall from the sky. What you just you see. Didn't
1: blood. mention though is the screaming that we hear. Yeah, as this ship is going by, you hear screams yeah. of terror.
0: Almost like it's 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 like a little bit more intense a sound than uh, what you hear on a roller coaster. You know, as they're like yeah. flying by.
1: Yeah, and so the sound of not only screaming but moving very quickly past you on yeah. the screaming is. Very unsettling and so uniquely fun at the same time. It's like yeah. what a cool idea.
0: Yeah. So yes, the ship is apparently a sentient creature of its own. How it sees and all that sort of stuff, the movie isn't concerned with explaining. But it is a a creature that uh, feeds, and it's decided apparently for the past six months. Uh, Right there in that valley, Mm -hmm. between the two uh, properties, is the perfect place to feed. And we come to understand that what happened in the beginning of the movie is apparently it was spitting out the stuff it didn't
1: like. Yeah, so anything metal, Mm -hmm. plastic, Mm -hmm. basically not organic.
0: Right, exactly, yes. But anyway, there's some really great stuff. And one of the things that... Now that we're talking about aliens, one of the great things that this show, this movie shows that we haven't really seen before is how black people would respond to aliens of any kind. Yeah. Right. We've we've seen so many movies about aliens and they're usually focused on Caucasians Mm -hmm. primarily, but not. Black people, and here this is where the comedy of the film really comes through. You hear, you see black people respond, and how do they respond? Nope. Just they're like- not
1: going to deal with that. Yep. Like you're, I'm not going to piss this thing off. Right. I'm not going to draw attention to myself. I'm not going to panic and be make stupid decisions. That's going to get me killed. Yeah. So apparently, black people will survive. <laughs> Yeah, You know, and it just makes me think about all these stupid archetypes in horror where whenever there's a group of people, it's always the black people and the woman that get killed first in whatever the situation is. Right, in horror films, yeah. uh, I like the sort of, I believe this. I'm like, yes, this seems like a realistic response and how Daniel Kaluuya's character O.J., sees this alien he sees it as a sort of animal it has its own fears it it's it has spirit to it yeah and if it has spirit to it we need to break it and here's Mm. how we might be able to do that and i just thought that his approach was great there's a scene where daniel kalua is in his truck and obviously if the truck gets if the spaceship gets close to the truck uh, the alien then you know all tech dies. Right, and yeah. How that
0: works we don't know, but it does.
1: And he opens his car door and if it was a white person, they'd probably make a run for it. But Daniel Kalua he's basically protected in this car because it's metal. And he opens the door, he looks up and he's like, Nope. <laughs> he just he just has to deal and
0: Well and then and then it spits out this horse statue yeah into his windshield Mm -hmm. and he locks his door in response to that
1: so great which is hilarious (laughs) if that is what you need to calm down (laughs) subconsciously Mm. go for it i just love that
0: okay so one other thing i wanted to speak to that i think definitely deserved some notice Michael Wincott, you mentioned him (laughs) earlier. Are you familiar with Michael Wincott when you see him? You know who he is?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Okay, so he's a character actor. He's been, you know, I've been aware of him and been a fan of his for about 30 years now. He was, uh, what's his name? Guy, Guy, uh ginsboard or something like that um sheriff of nottingham's cousin in robin hood prince of thieves he was the primary villain in the crow he's been in several things over the past 30 years and i am delighted that jordan peele was like i want you in my movie (laughs) and he he plays a character that pretty much enters in the second half or you know is more prominent in the third act Uh, i did predict i did find his death predictable the house, I wasn't entirely sure, but I was like, okay, this movie needs to keep the stakes up. Who's going to, out of this group of four people? Who's likely to get killed? And I, I, I pretty much predicted, okay, it's going to come down to the siblings as the survivors. Everybody else is expendable. And Michael Wincott's character, he does make. The choice, like he doesn't even have to make this choice, but he makes this choice of I'm going out into the middle of the open, and I'm going to I'm going to sacrifice myself, and all this sort of stuff.
1: Well, and he dies. He does it for the art. He does it to film that perspective and yeah. get that footage. Yeah, and he feels great like, footage,
0: by the way. Yeah. Just having the camera spin around a little, <laughs> you can't tell well, what's going I'm on.
1: Sure, he was filming on the inside too, and because it was in a metal case. Yeah, my theory is because of the laws they've set up, it would have been eventually spat out or excreted somewhere and would have been found.
0: Let me ask you this, uh, because I am remembering Angel Torres, played by Brandon Perea, he wraps himself in barbed wire, expecting himself to get sucked up by the monster. Why does he do that? Because that would surely lead him to be sliced in half. Somehow he isn't. But like, What's the logic there? You know? And, and how is it that he survived that?
1: Um, well, he was also wrapped in a tarp. So there's yeah. the plastic element. Uh-huh. And they've already established prior to this that the plastic is not good for this alien. Sure. And.
0: But the rest of him is? is-
1: um, you know, he was wrapped a couple of times. It's not like he was wrapped in one spot. Yeah. You know? So, no, he's not going to get ripped.
0: All right. So he
1: was wrapped a few times So you with think the tarp.
0: tarp is strong enough to withstand the barbed wire? I think
1: wire? that the tarp, it probably cut through into him a little bit. It probably dug in. Uh, I don't want to really think about it that much. Yeah, it's not pleasant. Um, but also it, it it was wrapped around him in a few different spots. So it's, it's not going to pull him apart, you know, is right. my thinking. Right. Now, am I a Mythbusters <laughs> pro? No. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was one thing that was kind of like, huh. Uh, for me in the film but uh, but yeah Michael Wincott loved him loved seeing him so glad that he's in the film is there anything else you want to speak to really quickly about the film that we haven't given enough attention to or what have you
1: I don't think I quite gathered what was going on with the family dynamic of Emerald mentioning that a horse was for her to train yeah. but then she her father gave it to OJ to train and so I wasn't no, really sure it,
0: uh, the horse was basically contracted out and so like she basically had that opportunity of training a horse taken from her.
1: Okay. Something because like they that. probably needed to make money to survive. Yes, yes. Okay. I think
0: she, I think the horse was sold essentially, if I remember correctly.
1: <coughs> oh, okay. Well, that makes sense to me then. Uh, you know, it's it's hard being children of entrepreneurs because you don't always understand the full scope of what's going on mm-hmm. so I, I i like that that was represented mm-hmm. it was it was not 100 percent clear to me what was happening though
0: yeah i think largely it was just speaking to this issue of like basically she wasn't she wasn't given the same treatment as oj and promises to her were broken
1: it's probably just situational mm. i would assume as it is when mm. you're an entrepreneur's kid mmm so okay, uh, that was the only other thing that I was thinking about, and I, I otherwise enjoyed this film. So I, I don't really have more to say.
0: Yeah, so I think that that that's a good place to to stop. Those are our thoughts on Jordan Peele's Nope. What worked for you or didn't work for you about the film? Where does it rank for you? And peels filmography so far feel free to email us at the gibson review at the at gmail.com i can i can say email addresses i swear and now about do it for this episode of the movie lovers before we talk about what's coming up next shanna why don't you share with everyone where they can find you online
1: you can find me on instagram at shanna paxton photography and on flick chart at spellbinding a
0: So go to the Gibson Review. The latest article on James Bond films where I review Daniel Craig's movies and rank them is available now to read. Check that out at thegibsonreview.com and share your thoughts and to what extent you agree with my criticisms of those films and ranking of them. You'll also find past episodes of The Movie Lovers and many, many articles on there and reviews. Peruse, peruse, peruse. If you want to follow on social media, you can do that on Facebook, Facebook slash The Gifts and Review, and on Instagram, The Gifts and 99. We do bracket polls there. At the time of recording, we are wrapping up our favorite romantic comedies poll. It has come down to 10 Things I Hate About You and 500 Days of Summer. I can't believe 10 Things I Hate About You has made it this far all the way to the final round. Did not expect that. I'm delighted to see 500 Days of Summer get down that far. It is my 11th favorite movie of all time. So uh, you can check on the Gibson 99. I'm sure the poll and the winner has been announced by the time you're hearing this. And keep tabs on future bracket polls next time on the movie lovers we will be doing our film faves episode we will be counting down our 12 favorite americana movies this is a subject that we almost did a couple
1: years ago no i mean we did it (laughs) we did do it it was recorded
0: it was recorded
1: Mm. and lost and then yeah Mm.
0: yeah i can't remember what movie it was being i think nomadland
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah, and that was a shit show, trying to record all that and scheduling and everything, and then things coming apart. So, you'll actually get to hear our list of our favorite Americana movies. Look for that on Tuesday, August 16th. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shannon saying...
1: Bye-bye.